There are many of us that believe that God won't forgive us for those big sins because if we were him, we wouldn't forgive us for those big sins. And my response to you is, well, thank God that you ain't God. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions Podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Hecke. Welcome to episode 139. I hope you guys had an amazing week. I can't um, go forward in the show without thanking everyone for showing up to Bible study last Monday. It was amazing. Um, I'm I'm really happy that we had that time. Um, You know, as of right now, it's safe to say that that's going to be something we do quite regularly. Um, I loved being able to um, have that time for questions. I loved being able to dive that deep into scripture, into fundamental doctrine. And we're going to keep on going. We're going to keep on doing these Bible studies. Um, so I really appreciate everybody that came out. I really appreciate everybody that spoke up and contributed to the conversation. And I'm very excited. Like, I love this. I feel like this is the beginning of this community really becoming more intimate and becoming more in touch with each other. And, you know, hopefully we continue to make these spaces for us to communicate with each other aside from just social media. But the next one is already day has been set Monday, April 4th, 2022, 5.30 p.m. Same time, Pacific time. Um, we're going to be having another one. So the sign up for that one will be out um, next week. All right. It'll be out next week. So, yes. And I'll remind you again, you know, next next week's episode. So, yes, we're going to start doing this stuff regularly for the foreseeable future every first Monday. So the next one is April 4th. Um, that is the first Monday of April. And yeah, once again, thank you guys for coming out. That was amazing. Um, And I'm excited to have more conversations. I'm excited to have, um, you know, more lessons being taught and all that different stuff. And us really just feed off of each other's testimonies and and, uh, what God has been doing in our lives. So come out to the next one. If you missed this one, come out to the next one. Um, We can fit as much as 150 people on uh, on those Google Meet videos. So come on out. Let's do it. Let's take it there. Um, and the next announcement that I have, um, that I must say, and that I give all, all the glory to God for, um, our team has successfully achieved, um, tax exempt status. We are officially a 501c3 tax exempt religious nonprofit in California, which means that when you donate to us, all of your donations can be tax deductible or are tax deductible. Um, so uh, I just, yeah, that 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 was a big achievement that we've been looking forward to for a while. And, you know, that's amazing. So if you feel led to at any point in this podcast or any point during the week, any point in the time that you engage with our content or whatever, if you feel led to um, donate to this ministry, you know what I'm saying? You have more than one incentive. <laughs> but yeah, you can donate at www.unassociated.com slash donates. Tax deductible donations. We are at 501c3. It just sounds really good to say that for me. Like it, we, we've been looking forward to this moment. So, yeah, if you feel led, please, please, please. We could definitely use. We have plans. We have things written down. We do. We also have money signs written down 
to to pay for the things that we have written down. So we would love your support. And for everyone who has donated to this point, let me just take out the time. Say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I do not take it lightly. Truly, none of us take it lightly. Like when you guys donate like that, that is really amazing to see. And it's just and, and you know, it's not something that goes directly to each any of us, but it definitely is something that I don't know, it just one, it kind of shows that like, man, you know, like it's cool to know that God is using us for some type of impact. But then, you know, it's amazing to think that we're that closer to the things that we want to do, the bigger things that we want to do. And we're going to do them. Mark my words. We're going to do them. So thank you so much. Um, I, we we love you guys. And I say that on behalf of the team. We truly do love you guys. Um, this episode, we're going to talk about um, something that, you know, kind of stems from the question uh, a question that we've asked multiple times throughout the past week. Um, and we asked it about grace, right? Because that was a topic that was like the main topic of what we we're talking about in our Bible study. We we're talking about the law. We we're talking about grace. We we're talking about how Christians ought to, you know, operate under grace and whatnot. And we asked this question. We said, is accepting God's grace repulsive or is the concept of God's grace repulsive? Why or why not? Um, some people had, you know, different answers, you know what I'm saying? Mostly it was like kind of it is repulsive for many different reasons. Um, but we also saw a common theme that we saw in uh, I'm not sure if we saw it in Bible study, but we saw it on um, our Instagram, right? Because we we uh, we asked people on Instagram as well. And from what we saw, it seemed that there was a theme that some of us are not completely convinced of God's grace, right? We hear about it. We've learned about it. We read about it. But that doesn't mean that we are completely convinced of God's grace, you know, because there are some of us that think that, you know, God, you know, he can forgive us when we steal a candy bar from the gas station. Right. But we don't actually believe that he forgives us of all of our sins because we have some sins that we consider are much, much, much bigger, much, much more destructive. And we don't believe that God forgives us of all of our sins, or at least we are not convinced. So what's the answer to that question? Does God actually forgive us for all of our sins, both big and small? Yes. That is the answer to your question. But it's not doesn't mean anything if I say it. Right. So let's read it. First John chapter one. We're going to start at verse six. New International Version says, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. May God bless the hearing and the reading and understanding of his word. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you please help us to understand that you are the God of forgiveness. You are the God of reconciliation. And for those who think that their sins are too big for you to forgive, I pray, Lord, that you use this episode to enlighten them and for, for them to warm up to the fact that you are a gracious, loving God who wants everything to do with them in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So one thing we covered in Bible study right, was that we are the vine and Jesus is the branches, right? 
And the reason why this analogy is so important is because what it tells us is that, you know, as Jesus said in John 15, that when we reside in him, we are going to bear fruit, right? Because as we are connected to Christ, we bear the fruits of the spirit, right? We become more, you know, we walk in the light. We, uh, since we are linked to him, we bear fruit of the spirit. We walk in righteousness. And this is a natural reaction to being connected to Christ. So when you see walk by the spirit, walk in the light, all that different stuff, it it comes from a place where we are connected. We are joined with Christ. We are joined with God. God dwells in us. And that has an effect in our lives that causes us to naturally bear the fruits of the spirit as lined out in Galatians chapter 5, 22 to 23. But of course, this doesn't mean that we never sin, right? Because we make mistakes. We fall short. Sometimes we fall into temptation, right? But verse 7 says that God purifies us from all sin. Verse 9 says God purifies us from all unrighteousness. We are forgiven of our sins and purified from all sin and all unrighteousness. That is the scripture. There's plenty of more verses in order to get this point across. That is a scripture. So for us to believe anything differently would make us a liar. Or at least make us calling God a liar. But I will say this. I will say this. There is one sin, actually, that Jesus says that nobody's going to be forgiven of. And you've probably heard different, you know, people mention it. I've mentioned it. I haven't gotten into much detail for it. A lot of people add a lot of nuances to it. But let's read it, right? We're going to read Matthew chapter 12, where Jesus outlines this unforgivable or introduces this unforgivable Sin. So the backstory to where I'm going to read in Matthew 12 is that Jesus just got done casting out a demon and he did so publicly. He was amongst he was amongst other people, including these people called the Pharisees, who what you should know are these people who are quite judgmental, quite prideful, quite, quite hypocritical. Jesus didn't like him too, too much. <laughs> he says that if we want to enter into the kingdom of God, our righteousness needs to exceed these people because these people had wanted nothing to do with Jesus because of their own pride, because they thought that they could be justified because of the good things that they do, because they're good people and so on. They really weren't. They're really jerks, if you ask me. But, you know, while he was cat, while Jesus was casting out this demon, the Pharisees came and said, oh, the only reason why Jesus is able to cast out demons is because he's the leader of demons. He's their captain. So, yeah, that's that's how that's how Jesus did that. Mind you, they never saw anything like this in their lives. So, you know, they're just like making this up on the fly. Oh, yeah. No, the reason why he's able to do that is because he he's the leader of all the demons. So there's obeying his command. Right. And then Jesus introduces the unforgivable sin, which happens to not be sexual sin, happens to not be watching porn, happens to not be betrayal. It happens to not be oppression of another human. It happens to not be lying on people. Matthew 12, verse 31 to 32. Jesus says, And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in, in this age or in the age to come. Wow. Interesting. Nobody who speaks against the Holy Spirit, blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, will be forgiven. What on earth does that mean? Because I need to make sure I know what that means so I don't do it. 
What does it mean to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit? Now, you you have this explained in slightly different ways by different, you know, theologians or different pastors. I, I've heard it explained slightly different ways. One that I uh, really think makes a lot of sense, the, the, the way people explain it, not really that different. And I'll, you know, talk about the general consensus that I've heard of what exactly this means. Um, given the context of the situation, right, you know, they see the power of God. They see Jesus riding for the Pharisees, see Jesus literally cast out a demon right in front of them. And then they just automatically say, oh, no, it's evil. It's clearly seen that, you know, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit has to do with the rejection of the righteous work of the Holy Spirit, right? Some people will say it's the persistent reject rejection of the work of the Holy Spirit, whose job is to expose our sin and lead us to accept Christ. And obviously, you can recognize how this is unforgivable. This is the unforgivable sin, because if you're rejecting the Holy Spirit and you're rejecting the correction of the Holy Spirit, you're saying that the Holy Spirit is evil, even though you know that the Holy Spirit is righteous. You're, you're, you're literally rejecting the thing that links you to the triune God. You're rejecting the thing that, that links you to Christ. And if you are not joined to Christ, then how on earth are you supposed to be forgiven of your sins? The one that died for your sins, you reject Others will say that, uh, you know, this is has to do with, you know, you consistently walking in this rejection and irreverence of the Holy Spirit. Other people will say that, you know, it was this one time thing where, you know, it was this it was a specific time when, you know, the, the, the Pharisees saw Jesus do that. And just the fact that Jesus is not physically here on earth, maybe that can't happen anymore because, you know, it's it's not, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like. Some people argue that, you know, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is not something that can still happen because, you know, we can't see Jesus cast out uh, a demon right in front of us like the Pharisees saw it. So that was really just something for the Pharisees. But um, I think I think it's quite clear that, you know, I think Jesus is quite clear in saying that anybody who does this. So it's not just something for the Pharisees in that moment. Anybody who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, they will not be forgiven. Um, you can't reject the Holy Spirit and then reap the fruits of the Holy Spirit. You can't reject the Holy Spirit and be joined to Christ. You cannot blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. Mind you, you know, the general consensus, at least from all the explanations that I've heard, is that it comes from someone who knows and has seen the righteousness and the righteous power of the Holy Spirit but continues to reject it and call it evil. And chances are, if you're someone who truly wants to be forgiven and you're concerned with whether God's forgiving you of your sins, chances are this is not you just because, you know, if you are in a position of wanting forgiveness from God and you want to be closer to God, the chances are you're not blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. So I don't think that you're, you're if you're listening to this, that you're, <laughs> that that's you. <laughs> But back to the topic, you know, I, I just needed to clear that out the way. But back to the topic, you know. In verse 31, Jesus says plainly, you know, every sin and slander can be forgiven except for this one. Every sin and slander can be forgiven. So. Why don't we believe that he can forgive the big sins? You know what I'm saying? Because we got you got the little sins and then you got the big sins. At least that's how we perceive it. Why can't why why do we feel like God doesn't forgive our big sins? 
Now, if I be honest with you, I'm going to express one answer to that question. And I think it's because we wouldn't forgive someone else of these big sins if they did these big sins to us. You know, on a human to human level, this sounds absolutely fair. How can you expect someone to forgive you for doing something that if they did to you, you wouldn't forgive them, right? Or maybe someone, you know, you're you're giving advice to someone, you know, because someone offended that person, right? And you wouldn't give that person advice saying, oh, just forgive. Because if you were in their shoes, you wouldn't forgive, right? But we mess up when we, you know, have that same mindset with God, right? It's 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 deception. It's 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 a misconception of who God is when we think that we that he won't forgive us because if we were him, we wouldn't forgive us. I'm going to say that again. There are many of us that believe that God won't forgive us for those big sins because if we were him, we wouldn't forgive us. For those big sins. And my response to you is. Well thank God that you ain't God. Thank God that you ain't him. Ultimately this comes from a misconception of our own image of God. This is a misconception of how. um, this, This reveals that we don't actually understand how loving and how forgiving and how big God is. Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen. God is better than you and God is perfect. God is better than you. God is perfect. And we should want to be perfect like him. God can forgive you more than you can forgive other people. And God can love you more than you love other people. I think the real question is, why on earth are we comparing God's capacity to forgive and love to our capacity to forgive and love? That's the real question. Why on earth is that even <laughs> like, 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 I, I just need to understand. Yeah, you are undeserving. You are undeserving of God's love. You are undeserving of God's forgiveness. I'm going to be straight with you. Yes, indeed, you are. That's why his love can be repulsive at times and his grace can be repulsive at times because our entire lives, we think that we ought to deserve and earn everything that we receive. But the concept of God's grace completely throws all of that outside the window. Because you're getting something you don't deserve. God loves you. God showed you his grace. God died for you. You are getting something that you don't deserve. I need to understand that. Some of us were prideful. Some of us, we've come from cultures where you're only supposed to get things that you earn. Right? Right? Somebody crosses you, you finish them. Eye for an eye. Right? You get stuff that you deserve. But when you talk about God's grace, you're getting something you don't deserve. You're getting something you don't deserve. You're getting something you don't deserve. You're getting something that you do not deserve. Emphasis on the you don't deserve it. It's important for us to remember that we do not deserve the forgiveness of our sins. We do not deserve the purification from all unrighteousness. 
And I don't say that for you to feel bad. I say that so then you can wake up and understand and, and realize and consider and be enlightened to how much God has to love someone in order to forgive them, even though, I'm sorry, in order to even offer reconciliation before you've even apologized. In order to forgive them when they just ask for forgiveness, even though he knows that you're probably going to do it again. There's a deeper lesson that needs to be expressed here, and I'm going to express it. I need us to understand that you are not a friend of God because you've always been friendly to God. You are a friend of God because God has forgiven you of all your sins. I know. For a lot of us, that's a wake-up call. Because once again, we've accidentally stumbled into this space thinking that the reason why we have a relationship with God, the reason why we have access to God, and the reason why God is says that he's our friend is because we have been friendly to him and we've done everything that he asks us to and so on and so on and so on. But we forget that the foundation of our relationship is the fact that God is the one that forgave our sins, that cleansed us from unrighteousness, that literally rolled up his sleeves and stepped down onto earth and was humiliated, spat on, beaten, battered, crucified on our behalf. That's why we're friends with God. Not because anything you did right. It's not because you did something right. It's because he did everything right. You did nothing right. You have to understand, even when you look at the scope of things from Genesis to Revelations, this is the story of the Bible that man did nothing right. From the very beginning, we're given clear instructions. Hey, don't eat that. And we just do it wrong. We just continue to do it wrong. And from the very beginning, from Genesis, we see that God enacts a redemptive plan. We see God's plan start in Genesis. That, hey, you know what? These people have turned their backs on me again and again and again and again. But I'm going to set in motion a plan to redeem them unto me. From Genesis, we see this. This is the story of the Bible that you did nothing right. You didn't do it right. And you're not going to do everything right. And the reason why we have a relationship with God is not because we did anything in order to make sure that he was going to be okay. We didn't give him anything. We received. Man. <sighs> Romans chapter 5, 8 to 10. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more? Having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible reveals things to us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. 
like literally when you look at the story it's not like mankind said you know what maybe we should stop doing all this unrighteous stuff that god doesn't want us to do and then we said you know what god i want to be righteous please help me be righteous and god said you know what they had a change of heart so now i'm going to send my son in order to die for them that is not how the story went this is how the story went god put two people in the garden god said hey don't do this do everything else that you want to do you have absolute freedom just don't do this one thing for me okay thank you and then they said yeah okay and then they went and went they did it they did it they just whatever they just did it and then their kids did it and then their kids did it and then an entire generation did it and then god said you know what Mm -mm -mm. this is too much this is too much but i'm not gonna wipe them all out i'm just gonna wipe out majority of them but hey there's this one guy named noah that i think hey you know what maybe maybe you know he, he's actually been pretty good. At least, you know, he, he has faith in me. So I'm going to wipe everybody out, else out. All right, Noah, start all over. And then it kept on going. Sin, 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 sin. Turn your back on God. Turn your back on God. Turn your back on God. Covenant with the children of Israel. Turn their back on him. Turn their back on him. Turn their back on him. Jesus Christ dies for our sins. We turn our back on him. We turn our back on him. We turn our back on him. I mean, when you really look at the history of mankind, it is literally God continuing to knock on our door, even when we have slammed it in his face time after time after time after time again. And I don't say that for you to feel bad once again. I don't tell you you're unrighteous. And I don't tell you that your righteousness is like a filthy rag for you to feel bad. I need to tell you that for you to understand that God loves you. I need to tell you that so you understand that God recognizes that you're righteous like a filthy rag and he still wants a relationship with you. He still wants to be with you because he loves you. Because he loves you. So humble yourself. Humble yourself and accept his grace. You are a product of his grace. Everything about you, every inch about you is a product of his grace. You know, one thing that God has been trying to teach me, and I'm in the early stages of learning this because it's, I've, I've, I've come to the realization that I, I don't love everyone like I'm supposed to. I genuinely don't. And it just took me some time to admit that. Like, you know, as Christians, we say we love everyone and we just kind of say it because, like, that's what, you know, we're supposed to say but do you really love everyone? And I'll tell you, there's definitely groups of human beings in this world that I genuinely have a struggle loving. Yeah, I have a struggle loving them. I would consider these people my enemies right? to some degree. Um, but God told me something. And what he told me is that how we love... Um, how we love, at least for some of us, how we love our enemies sometimes is an indication of how we think God loves us, you know, because, you know, we consider these people, they're our enemies, they go against us and so on. And because they go against us, they deserve death, they deserve pain, they deserve suffering. So then guess what? We're going to think that, you know, when we go against God, we deserve pain, we deserve death, we deserve suffering. And we're absolutely right, right? But at the same time, you know, you have to input God's, God's love into that equation that essentially misses, messes the whole thing up, right? 
where even though we are God's enemies, as it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 10, that he reconciled us to him and he forgave us of our sins. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. And this is starting in verse 43. This is Jesus speaking. He says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil, to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you grease only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Mm. Jesus is telling us that it's not a spectacle, right? When you love people that love you, you see the true identifier of his children is the ability to love people that hate you, is the ability to love people that have harmed you, is the ability to love your enemy. And why should we love our enemies? Because he did. And he expressed his love to his enemies when he gave his only begotten son to a world that hated him and hated the righteousness of him. You know, it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge to love our enemies. But when you try to truly love your enemies, it's revealed to you how much God actually loves you. <laughs> his former enemy. <sighs> Once you were his enemy. But because of what he did, you are now friends. Your sin is not too big. You know, don't you think that if your sin was too big that Jesus wouldn't have even wasted his time dying for you? Isn't it funny how we kind of give more strength and severity to our sins than the strength and severity of the blood of Jesus Christ? That can wash away any stain of sin. Let me tell you something. There are people in that Bible that you're reading. That played a part in killing other Christians. That God then used to bless multiples more of other Christians for generations to come. Multiples more than the Christians that they harmed. I tell you, thank God that we are not God. Thank God that our capacity to forgive and our capacity to love those that are our enemies and those that move against us is not the same as God's capacity. God is good. God is is good and i love him i love him i truly do heavenly father thank you so much god for this episode thank you so much for this word and i pray lord that it truly pierces the hearts of everyone that is listening for them to understand and know and consider and capture your love and your grace over their lives excuse me we're not friends because we're friendly god we're friends because you love us because you're friendly to us and we thank you lord and help us to acknowledge your grace 
Help us to acknowledge your love. We love you because you loved us first, oh God. So we thank you and help us to always be, um, um, always be attentive, attentive, always be acknowledging your goodness and your presence in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, please don't forget if you feel um, if you feel that conviction to to definitely uh, we would love you know to receive donations um, and also um, don't forget April fourth Monday April fourth we're gonna do another Bible study so I love you guys you guys have an amazing week peace.